Right, let's kick off with Empire of Light, which is Sam Mendes' new film. So Sam Mendes, of course, director, 1917, Spectre, Skyfall, American Beauty, Revolutionary Road, and much else besides, right? <laughs> Theatre background as well. Um, Empire of Light is uh, a film set in the 1970s Kent seaside. Um, and it's clearly a film, uh, like a labour of love for Sam Mendes. It's clearly like a love letter to the past, clearly informed by his childhood, I assume. It is not based on any pre-existing story. It's like an original story from him. And it is all about the empire, uh, this uh, cinema in, on, on literally on the promenade uh, of the sea. This cinema is, the, fil- the film begins with um, the cinema being opened in the morning by Olivia Colman's character. And it is this absolute feat of architecture. And I'm, I, I still need to work out how much of it is a real building, how much of it is a set, but it is this, it, it, it's just a, a piece of architecture and design. It's a marvel to look at. It's art deco. It's got um, f- uh, flourishes, you know, two staircases that rise out of the lobby to a second level. Yes, yeah. It's got this great, um, very well articulated and sharp um, concierge, you know, meeting point for the, the, the popcorn. Uh, sorry, concession stands, what I meant to say. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's red velvet. It's, it's gold balustrades. And um, you have this uh, actual screening room, which has got red velvet chairs. And it is very much like, even in the 1970s, we're looking at things that is almost like a product of its past. It's got this wonderful neon vertical sign outside. It's got this like defined um, uh, sort of jutting fit. You can tell I work in architecture as a day job, can't you? <laughs> Someone works in architecture comms. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, and um, we've centers on. Olivia Coleman's character. Now, Olivia Coleman uh, plays a character. I, I can't remember the, the name of. Uh, I don't know why you're pointing at me. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Olivia Coleman plays Hillary, who is the duty manager of the uh, Empire Cinema. And the film begins with her living her life. It is December 1980. And uh, she is uh, on medication. She checks in with her. Uh, doctor she is on lithium and she says she feels numb she feels a bit her life is stable but her life is steady and numb uneventful and she herself feels quite flat and uninspired the cinema is kind of uninspired you've got this kind of trappings of 70s life which is half charm like half nostalgia for the past but also half quite depressing Mm. like can you imagine a picture of the british seaside in the 70s (laughs) sorry 80s (laughs) um anyway um, she's living this life. It's it's fairly uneventful. Colin Farrell, Colin Firth, excuse me, I do that all the time. Plays the um, general manager who's in charge um, uh, of the entire cinema, and she's got this sort of ragtag bunch of people who work there. You know who run, you know the other uh, people at cinema, and uh, a new person joins, uh, uh, played by uh, Michael Ward, uh, Stephen, who is young, black, charismatic, and incredibly attractive, right? And um, it's very clear as soon as he arrives that Oliver Coleman is drawn to him. He is, like I said, funny. He uh, jokes about the customers behind their back. He um, is inquisitive. Uh, when he's being shown around his first day, uh, he says, oh, what's up there? Because there's no customers allowed. And Livy Comer says, no, I can't really show you. And he says, no, no, please. And they go up and there's this really, again, from an architectural design point of view, wonderful scene where they explore this, these sort of upper levels of this cinema, which is in a much more dilapidated state. Be- beautiful to look at. Um, as I said, she quickly, you know, it, it's clear that she is quickly drawn to him and attracted to him. And 
I don't think this is a spoiler to say, I think, but very quickly within the film, a relationship develops between them, okay? And it the film then is sort of about the past and cinema and lost glory of cinema, but also an affection for cinema. But really it's also about, on the one side with Hillary's story, it's about mental health. And on Stephen's, story, uh, Stephen's uh, side, it's about race and racism. You know, this is the 1980s in England we're talking about. So cue skinheads and Doc Martins shouting abuse. Cue mods on scoop uh, on, on on mopeds uh cue uh stuff in the press about uh, all sort of uh, thatcherite policies coming through right mentioned in in a certain way that's the context of the film that's what this film is, is, is basically going for so empire of light by sam mendes which unfortunately is pretty weak i have oh, to say despite all of that it is pretty weak how come unfortunately it is <sighs> It's really obvious filmmaking. Like, and, and, and you're making me rethink the words of the trailer in a way that right. now feels slightly so contrived. I think, I think the, just to put the positives out front, um, it's shot by Roger Deakins, of course, who does most Sam Mendes stuff. Beautiful. Immaculately shot, faultlessly shot by Roger Deakins, and that really does a lot of the heavy lifting in this because it's just so brilliantly shot. 1917, um, Blade Runner, 2049, yeah. endless other classics. You know, he is like the the go-to cinematographer. He's like the top of the mountain, right? Yeah, he's, a, he's like pioneered digital film cinematographer. Uh, it's got music by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, who always deliver. Um, Olivia Coleman gives a, a, a very committed and very good performance, um, I think. Um, and and Stephen, uh, sorry, Michael Ward equally. Uh, sorry, yeah, Michael Ward equally is a really charming, charismatic. Everyone is on their best behavior. You know, everyone's turned up. And done Toby Jones is in it. Turns Great up. Does, oh, Toby Jones is a really good bit of Toby Jones acting. Yeah. Colin Firth's in it. Everyone turns up, does their bit. Fantastic. It's just a shame that when it comes down to the actual writing and the story and the script, it's just so kind of, uh, it, it's contrived and just really unsurprising. Everything that happened in this uh, film, I was like, yeah, I, I think that would happen. And yeah, he's going to do that. And, and, you know, when I when I started to realize, when you think about that story that I just described to you, it's kind of it is a kind of contrived tale that someone could write at kind of any age or any point in their career. Did you make a comment about who wrote it? Yeah, it's it's Sam Mendes. Wrote Sam it. Mendes. Right. Okay, and right. I and I started to think I sometimes have this thing with Sam Mendes, but like he, I'm, I think he wrote, wrote a certain amount of 1917, right? Yeah, I think and so. I had a similar thing there: the dialogue and the way the characters interact. That was never the strongest part of that film. And yeah, definitely isn't with this one. For example, with Hillary and. Stephen's relationship, like you said, it's very clear and evident why Hillary is attracted to Stephen for the reasons I said. But there, but it, I think it really doesn't explore enough why Stephen is attracted to Hillary. Hillary is, I don't know, I don't know how, sorry, I don't know how Olivia Colman is, like mid 40s, I assume, or early 40s, let's say early 40s. Yeah. Stephen is, you know, like 20 probably. Um, it, they really don't provide enough reasons for his his attraction to her before their relationship begins, other than the, so the movie can happen, right? Yeah. You know, um, they don't have any sort of experiences together. There's Actually, they almost show like one scene where they have like an argument, and then the next thing you know, they're sort of like getting together. And I'm like, no, 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 you needed to develop that more about, because you've got, you've got quite a gap here. You've got um, a white middle-aged woman and a young black man in the 1980s of England. Give me something, you know, think about like just off the top of my head, I feel like Call Me By Your Name, mm. how long it takes for those characters to really pay off, pay off and get to that point. Yeah. Whereas the, the barriers of race and mental illness are overcome like basically immediately so the film can happen. It is also, I find, just, again, you know, some obvious filmmaking. It's obvious that Stephen is 
it's charming and great and all that stuff. But like, there's this scene where like, when they go upstairs to look for look at the the sort of more dilapidated parts of the cinema, there's loads of pigeons. And how do we know Stevens is, is a good guy? Well, he sees a pigeon that's injured and he takes it off the shelf and he goes, oh, hey there, buddy. And he fixes the pigeon's broken wing. And Olivia Coleman looks at him and goes, hmm, <laughs> <laughs> he's not so bad after all. And I was like, really? And the story I've described is not, on paper, isn't uninteresting. It could really work. But mm. every single beat of this film, I just thought, yep, that is exactly what I thought would happen. It's handling of mental illness is, I think a li- I'm a little uncertain about it. Okay. I think, I think it, likes to enjoy the drama that portraying mental illness has. And Olivia Common does a you know, yeah, very dramatic performance of it. But I don't know if it's, in 2022, the best handling of mental illness, other than being like, this film's about mental illness. I'm like, oh yeah, could you elaborate? Well, it's a bit of a box tick. A bit of a box tick. And similarly, I think the, its handling of race and racism is safe and okay. unsurprising. And, but that's, I say safe, not as a good good reason. I think yeah, in 2022, yeah, 2022, if you make a film about race um, and racism, you've really got to be... Absolutely you, challenging. You've got to be doing, doing a lot more than just simply doing the, the, oh, isn't it terrible? School of thing. Racism in this film is just relegated to skinhead shouting at Stephen to... Well, they uh, were back uh, then. Uh, yeah, uh, 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 one punter mouthing off and certain moments of action. But I'm like, you know, the way we talk about race now and the way we discuss it is, is so much more complex and advanced, particularly in the, you know, the, the last couple of years, that just to present it in this way, it just felt really old-fashioned, really out of date. And it's weird. It's like, it's almost felt as sort of stuffy and past its best, like the cinema itself that it's representing. Uh. Um, there's there's actually like an allegory in the in the film that kind of works, is that Toby Jones takes him up to... Uh, uh, the, the, the Stephen up to the, pr- the projection booth at one point, right? The, you know the one, mm. and it's and the film. Uh, it, sorry, Toby Jones' character talks about light and how you know it's there's a flaw in your retina. It's, and it's the a, trainer, in the yeah. twenty-four frames per second. If I play, I think back the film twenty-four yeah, frames. I think the film wishes it was as light and poetic and cinematic as that description of cinema mm. is, but unfortunately, it is as mechanical and. Uh, cog turning and perfunctory as an actual projectioner you know uh, an actual projector is right because yeah. toby jones character says oh out there it's you know 24 frames per second it's light but in here it's actually like pulleys and cogs and system I'm like yeah well unfortunately the film feels very mechanical to me because i can just see, see the, the plot between the see frames. the plot turning yeah and then this is going to happen and the thing is um it was just a little boring and i was and it was a real shame and i really got the sense that everyone else was kind of in in the same vein too there are moments of wit and humor but i really didn't feel invested and it's such a shame because you've got great talent great talent on screen great actors roger deakins doing stuff but i really i thought it was it was weak it was weak and i don't think it'll wash with a lot of people some people i think will be fine with it i i, I think it, it, if you're if you're being very kind i think it's it's perfectly fine but i just think this isn't a very new story you know we talked last week about living right which yeah. is like when I told it to you, you were like, oh, I bet I could see where this story goes. And the same way when I'm telling you about Empire Light, you could see where the story goes. But Living did something interesting with it. This does pretty much exactly... How you think the film will go is pretty much how the film will go. Do you think Sam Mendes is a bit overrated? Or is that a very reductive thing it, to be putting on someone? Because I feel like you are a little bit cold on Sam Mendes. Because I think... I agree with your criticism of 1917 in that I think Sorry. some of the weakest parts of it was maybe its dialogue and what it did with trying to make it a one-shot yeah. spectacle. 
was all very well and it swelled at the end, but actually there wasn't so much original about it. It's a good question. And then going, I don't, going back, you go into James Bond yeah. territory, and then well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't want to be like as reductive or biased no. to say is he good or bad. And also, Sam Mendes knows much more about filmmaking than I do. Okay, yeah. that's I'm asking a question to, to, yeah. to, to set me up. <laughs> yeah. Thing is, okay, let's go back. So 1917, yeah, you basically said what my issues were with that. Bond, he was working with an established property, so he was kind of one good, one bad. He had he had a good toy box to play with. Revolution in the Road, I haven't seen, but he's working from good I like source Revolution text, right? Um, and then before that, all I can think of is American Beauty, which I've only seen once. Okay, yeah. What else did he do between that? He must have done a bunch of things. Anyway, but I do. I, I did come away with this thinking: you can direct and you can assemble a great team of talent, but I just don't know if writing is the thing that comes is Sam Mendes' strong suit. Interesting. Did, I. I. I, I Mm. I was really looking forward to Empire of Light and that trailer and the moments he talked about really kind of got me going and it yeah. set me, and I, I looked at the talent and the cinematographer and all the things you mentioned and I'm a little bit disappointed to see that it doesn't really... I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, it, it has all those things in it, but that's interesting for about 10 minutes. Mm. Like, like I said, when I said the film opens with the lights of the cinema being turned on and all that stuff, and I was like, that kind of is exactly how I thought the film would begin. Everything you yeah. think is going to happen is in there. Good stuff. I just found it. It could, it could have been so much better. Um, I'm, 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 I'm kind of. I hope it doesn't uh, uh, hypnotize some people in the way that, like, just because it's about the love of cinema, it means to be like, oh, you have to celebrate this film. It's lovely. I, I, I think, I think it could have been a lot, a lot better. Well, there you go, guys. That was George's opinion Sorry. on Empire of Light. If you are listening to this and you have seen Empire of Light, please get back to us and write into hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. We would love to hear your thoughts. And guys, it might be a while. It's got a release date of the 13th of January, 2023. Oh, okay, yeah. But when it comes out, James will go see it and we'll yes. do a spoiler discussion about it. To the it. future you who have seen it, yes. please write it. George, if you're watching this, <laughs> we should still be alive in <laughs> the nuclear bunker. Yeah, go, go watch it. Get, tell me. Get, I'd, I'd love to be told that I'm wrong, that I was in a bad mood. Always. We'd always love to hear you know, opposing I, views to us. I was disappointed. Thank you very much.